From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Let's end anxiety together. I am your host, Brad Robinson. Welcome to the Anxiety Project podcast number 14, The Cause of Your Anxiety. Stemming from your childhood, what are the factors contributing to what you're feeling today? You're walking around with bodily sensations. You're scared it might be a physical ailment. You're afraid of the next panic attack. You're having panic attacks every day. And I went through an anxiety disorder. And I remember when I was a child, I suffered from anxiety to some extent. I remember I started practicing it. There was a moment when I was a child where I was jumping up and down on my bed and it could, because I was afraid of not getting enough sleep, I was stressing over sleeping. You know, when I started to not get enough sleep, when I when I couldn't really get any sleep at night, I would get up and stress about it like it was the end of the world. And that even stemmed into my 20s. I remember working and... And I, I couldn't get sleep one night. And then I was walking around pacing my in my house. Like, I'm not going to get any sleep, you know, for work. How am I going to function tomorrow? Like, there's no way I can go into work tomorrow. And I would stress over it. And it would drive me crazy. So you can see how it stemmed from my childhood up until my 20s where where the same beliefs were the same you know nothing changed and a lot of people walk around with that 10 year old voice in them the child voice and they still listen to it that voice they still pay attention to the voice now right now i'm going to dive into the cause of your anxiety And it coming from the very first thing, which is socially, you know, we're born into this world as a blank canvas with nothing on it, totally blank. And instantly we are bombarded with information. As a child, our minds are exactly like sponges. We are absorbing information without any conscious guard. There's no guard. There's no one at the front of your brain, which is the neocortex, mind you. There's there's no activation of that neocortex. There's no guard. So all of this information as children we're absorbed with, you know, it's ingrained deep within us the way other people parents see us people need to place a meaning on us to make sense of who we are right parents especially your parents 
labels include being slow, being too big, fat, being skinny, smart or funny. Since our minds are sponges, all thought from our childhood we pick up. So we're a child and we're sitting, playing in the backyard, in the grass or something, and our parents are arguing. And we pick that up unconsciously. We, We absorb it. Even though we're focused on our toys and we're playing in the grass and we're having a good time, but in our subconscious is scanning the room and we're picking up that argument. We're picking up the fighting, right? We're picking up all of that negative energy. We don't know it. It's our subconscious doing its job. You know, we eventually give ourselves identity statements later in our lives. I am depressed. I am so stupid. I am always negative. I am an anxious person. We pick up our parents' beliefs. We pick up their behaviors. We pick up their mannerisms. And we end up with similar beliefs. We end up acting like our parents when we get older. Do you ever realize that? People tell you or you see that in other people where they act just like their parents. You know, they, they, do, they, they do the same mannerisms. They even scratch their head the same way. They even, you know, do things the same way. It's, that's what I'm talking about. We're absorbing all of this information when we are a child and and we just adapt the same beliefs and that and what i'm saying is that when we get older it's it's important that we recognize this because we are not we're not our parents our parents are just another people on this planet you know they they have a lot of value to us we love them of course we do but we're not them we don't have to have the same values. We don't have to have the same beliefs as they do. And this is so crucial as an anxiety sufferer to realize because a lot of our beliefs and behaviors come from our childhood between the ages of zero and 10. It is so crucial. This is when we're picking up, we're absorbing all of their mannerisms, beliefs, and so forth. Even other children, not just our parents, but anyone around us influential in our lives, we pick it up. And then after socially, we go move into our identity, where we place an identity onto ourselves. So if you see yourself as unhappy or unhealthy, specifically to a health anxiety sufferer, you will pick up that information in your environment. For example, me personally, when I went through health anxiety, I would be in the coffee shop listening to a podcast, an audio book, trying to improve on my life, trying to overcome this anxiety that's 
defining who I was. And someone, a group of people would be sitting behind me and they'd be talking about someone like John, for an example. He would be like, well, John, he was diagnosed with cancer. And then all of a sudden, I would look up from my from my audiobook or my notes and I would pay attention because cancer got my attention, that word, because I was so sensitized to the word because I was afraid I had it because I had health anxiety. So I paid attention to what they were saying because they they were talking about it, talking about this illness. And I was like, oh my God, cancer, What what are they saying? You know, everyone has it these days. Oh my God, I'm, I, I'm, I might even have it right now. I don't, I don't even know it. See what I mean? We're picking, we're picking up what fits our identity. You know, I had health anxiety. I was afraid I was ill, had a disease. So I picked it up from other people in my surroundings because that was my identity. That's who I was, all right? You're sensitized to the word. So a disease that someone says you can feel the bodily sensations shoot up into your body. You know, you pick up the negative things during the day rather than the positives. You're picking up the things that fit your identity. The more emotional the experience is, the more it gets stored in the subconscious. So you could be a child getting bullied and the bullies tell you, oh, you know, you're so weak and you're, useless and you're so dumb and that emo- that emotion behind it 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 sinks deeper into your subconscious and you believe in your identity that you are weak you are dumb you're not able to be like the other smart people in the world to be an entrepreneur you're not you're not able to be a warrior a champion because that fit your identity because it was stored so deeply in your subconscious because you showed emotion behind it from those bullies or arguments from your parents. Your parents had an argument and and you were so emotionally scared or you were so emotionally sad or, or frightened or it, or your parents told you something. Like, you're, you're, why, why are you so stupid? You know, you're, you're pathetic and that... You affected you, that was stored deep within you, that became your identity. We always walk around with that 10-year-old voice that says you're weak. The voice that says you're going to have a panic attack if you walk into that movie theater. That's the voice that's making you so sensitive. We still pay attention to that 10-year-old voice. We haven't adapted or we haven't shed our skin. I love this quote that when a snake doesn't shed its skin properly, it dies. So what do you think that does to human beings? If we human beings don't shed our skin, we create new identities, we create our beliefs, we challenge limiting beliefs that stem from our childhood, we can get to a better place in our lives. 
we challenge that 10-year-old voice that's telling us to be afraid, to be scared, that you can't do it. You can't achieve those goals. But you can. Because that 10-year-old voice is a pain in the ass. It's a brat. And we have to recognize that. So after our identity, we get a self-idea of who we are. So where do you fit in? And we attract like-minded people. I attracted bad relationships. I attracted bad friendships. Bad friendships that emulated negativity. We talked about how bad the day was, how negative work is, how society is against us, how women are all the same. This was huge in my friend, my friends. You know, my friends... Some guys had bad relationships and they assumed all women were just the same. And I hear that with women too. All guys are just the same. They're all the same. That's, you know, no, they're not all the same. They're not all the same. You're You're attracting certain people into your life because of who you are, your identity. Think about that for a second. You're attracting bad relationships because of who you are as a person. How about you change who you are first and then see what happens? See what happens. You'll be more mindful of the relationships. You'll be more mindful about the friends you have because most likely you have toxic friends. I'm sure you can relate. I had I had toxic friends. I had to push them away, get rid of them. They didn't fit my new identity, my new champion identity. I didn't want to have the same identity anymore. I reached rock bottom. I had a severe anxiety disorder. I reached rock bottom and I had to change my identity. I had to change who I was. So I'm not going to stand here and be like, I'm going to keep that friend around. Because he, if I, I don't want to lose him. I was afraid of losing him when I didn't, when I had my anxiety disorder. Now that I don't, I realize how negative they are and that I'd rather be alone and then gain positive, influential friends rather than keep the negative ones around. And then after you get a self idea, which is attracting the like minded people and where you fit in, you get a sense of significance. You can attach your current anxious identity to pleasure. It may not seem like pleasure, but it's what's most familiar, and the subconscious mind loves familiarity. So you have now attached your anxious behavior to pleasure, your negative thinking to pleasure because you don't know otherwise. You don't know how to be positive. You don't know how to be unanxious. You don't know how to be a champion. You've learned anxious behavior so much, so consistently that now your subconscious knows nothing else. But our brains are very neuroplastic which is amazing because now we can become someone else. 
We don't have to stay this way, guys. We don't have to. We can get to a better place. Our brains are like clay. They are, you can rewire the neural pathways all the time. That's how people get, get over addictions. That's how people, you know, change their character, change who they are. And it's, it's, that's the beauty of it. It's not easy, but it's possible. And now that we know it's possible to those who are suffering, now we can start to change. A person with health anxiety loves attention from loved ones. That's what's making them feel significant. A person with health anxiety phones up the loved ones for reassurance. And then after they talk and they feel better about themselves, the health anxiety sufferer would be like, oh, I, feel, I feel good. I love having these people around to, to make me feel good. They're just keeping me at bay. You know, they're, they're just, I feel significant now. A smoker may fit in with their smoking friends. And, and it makes them feel cool. So, you know, they, 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 like, if a person says, no, I don't smoke anymore... They're afraid to say that, you know. A person doesn't want to tell their friends that they don't smoke anymore because they feel like a sense of they fit in when they go out with them and have a smoke. Like, it's their routine. It's a, it's their habits, right? And they don't want to lose them. They, they're afraid of losing friends. And that's a main reason why we hold on to negative friends because we're afraid of losing them. We don't want to lose them. They make us feel like we're significant in some way. Like maybe being called Big Donna or Big Dave or something like that. And because you're fat, you're overweight. It makes you feel like you're part of the group. They, they, they gave you a label. They gave you an identity. And if you try to lose weight... You'll lose that significance with the, your coworkers because you're called Big Dave, you know? You're called that name. If you want change, we all have to sacrifice things. The friends we have, the job, and even where you live, your apartment building. Are your neighbors, you might be surrounded by neighbors who are horrible influences, you know, supporting your drinking, supporting your negative thinking, supporting your smoking, eating habits. We must become more independent, not dependent. I will repeat that. We must become more independent and not dependent. After your sense of significance, we have a feeling of belonging. When your identity and significance is now automated, you have a sense of belonging. Anything that goes against your beliefs will be shown with resistance. So if you have a sense of belonging when it comes to anxiety, 
you will feel you will be faced with resistance when you start going against your anxious beliefs. Change is scary. Change is unfamiliar. But change is necessary. It is necessary for us to get out of our old thinking habits. The only way I got over my anxiety disorder was to change my identity, change who I was. It's like an actor practicing for a new movie role. What do they have to do for the new movie role? Well, they have to become another person. How do they become another person? They study them. They study the people that they have to become. They have to act like them. And that's when recovery happens for an anxiety sufferer. We have to become someone else, change who we are, our identity. Enough's enough. Enough is enough. It's time to change who we are, change our identities. And that are the causes of your anxiety. I hope you like this podcast, everybody. Please subscribe on iTunes. Everyone is loving the podcast. Listen to it a couple times. Listen to it five times. Write down the notes. This is amazing information. This helps you to identify what, what, why am I feeling the way I'm feeling. It's important to understand this. And I love you all so much. Don't let your identity of being anxious run your life anymore. Your identity is a champion now, not an anxiety sufferer. And don't let your anxiety define who you are. I love you all, everybody. And please subscribe on YouTube. I will be posting the podcast there as well as well as other videos. I hope you have a great day. I love you all. Bye-bye. For more podcast episodes, for more video content, and one-on-one coaching with me via Skype, visit www.unplugganxiety.com for everything you need to know about ending anxiety. I love you all. And have a great day. Bye-bye.